0: Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 82. In this episode, we have Alan Camillo joining us. Alan is a very talented animator as well as a developer. He is the man behind the uh, amazing Animbot. <laughs> so it was really a neat opportunity to get him in on this podcast. Um, he's as mentioned, he's animated at such studios as Sony Animation, Rainmaker, Method Studios, and has worked on such films as Storks and Hotel T2. Um, he is a developer. He'll talk about some of the um, d- tools that he developed during his time there on uh, Storks, as well as the genesis for AnimBot. Um, if you've used AnimBot in production, you know how amazing this tool is. And so it was just a really neat opportunity to talk with Alan um, to hear how, as an animator, to develop tools that has make our, our uh, job easier, so to speak um so definitely check this one out I think you'll enjoy it well Alan thank you so much for joining us in this podcast um I I just got to say this really quick we had this uh John Kennedy um he's an animator over at Rocksteady he uh sent a message to me this morning so this I thought was just cool I wanted to share this with him or with it with the guests and with you um he said hey Larry just wanted to say a huge thank you for the podcast like many others I enjoyed the animating, listening to the amazing background stories of Rick and yourself and all the awesome guests. He says, always picks me up. It th- always picks me up and gets me motivated again through insanely uh, late notes and mad deadlines. So <laughs> it's just a great um, encouragement as we, you know, we start a new podcast with you. Um, people appreciate that. So thank you so much for taking your time to, to join us on this podcast.
1: Yeah, no worries. Uh, it's a pleasure for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, you've got an accent. I'd love to know where you're from, how you got into animation, what drove you to this fun and crazy industry?
1: Well, um, uh, I'm Brazilian originally. Okay. So uh, I always liked to draw when I was a kid, like many, many kids out there. But then uh, I, I was like more into comic books at the time. I think I was you know like maybe eight or something. I don't remember exactly when it started. But uh, w- when I was 15, I was um, taking some drawing classes in this school in there. And then uh, my teacher came to me. And then he flipped some 2D animation drawings. Like that, that, to me, was like uh, magic. Because when you, when you look at the TV and, and see the, the, the animation going on, you don't have like exactly like the grasp of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's, everything's already like perfectly done, finished, gotcha. but when you get something like in between, like the process to actually do that, I think that was kind of a turning point to me because that, that day, that same day that I saw that I never wanted to do comic books again. I never uh-huh. did anything more. I wanted to, to learn how to do that. Gotcha. So I started to try learning 2D animation. Uh, I was never like a good draft draftsmanship, but I wanted to be one someday. So I kept like drawing and trying to learn animation. Uh, one of the main um, challenges for me at the time was that there was no uh, animation schools, like, like barely internet at the time. <laughs> and uh, the, it was hard to get materials to learn.
0: Mm-hmm
1: especially when uh, that most of the good materials were in English and I didn't speak English at all at the time. So uh, I kept like just learning how to draw. I didn't even know that I needed to to look at to look up some English books and stuff like that. I didn't know anything (laughs) like I was just like whatever was in front of me I was trying to to learn. So I kept doing that for a while and um, I think by, that was when I was 15, right? So I'm talking like eight years uh, after that, when I was 23, that I was actually get my first gig as an animator.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I was uh, animating in, uh, it was a feature movie in Brazil, but what was done in uh, Flash, which nowadays is Adobe Animate. Yeah, yeah. So I worked for a while with that. And uh, it was cool and everything, and I made I I made some other like two D like in the paper as well. In the meantime, like as a freelancer. But then three uh, D was kind of happening for a while already. I think uh, the first gig that I that I that I got as a three D animator was right after The Incredibles the first Incredibles came out because uh, that movie was also like one awakening for me mm. because everything that came before Incredibles was not appealing to me personally. Okay. Because I was comparing like, you know, Lion King and uh, all those movies that I really like it uh-huh. to uh toy Story, which is as a movie is a great movie and Bugs Life also like a great movie, but you know, like, the, um, um, the the technology at that time was not comparable yet. Yeah, yeah. And to me, it was, uh, I, I was not aware that that was just a matter of time to things to get to improve to a certain level. And I think Incredibles was the first one because I think to me it was the first movie with kind of humans, kind of characters that right. was... Uh, appealing uh-huh. to me so I tried to to learn that stuff and computer was never something hard for me to learn because okay. my my brother had a computer you know those with a green screen yeah <laughs> he had one of those at home when I was a kid he's 10 years older than me and I used to play with that a lot and even to to like play games with uh-huh. Those computers at the time, you ha- you kind of had to, at least you know how to lo- launch the game. Yeah, yeah. On the command On the line.
0: DOS. Yep, yep. Uh huh. Yeah.
1: So, computer was 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 easy for me. Let's put it that way. It was not like a blockage. Mm-hmm. So, when I started learning it, I did some like two pieces of acting animation with those. Uh, low man kind of rig that they had at the time and I got a job in a um, in a production company as a animator uh, right uh, right away and uh, like I think I found what I what I really uh, where I'm really comfortable at because as I mentioned like I was never like a really good draftsmanship gotcha and it was going to be very very a very very long journey for me to get where I, where i wanted and also like the industry was uh, the 2d industry was kind of going down on the decline which, yeah which yeah like disney shut shut down the the 2d studio at that time it was pretty depressing for me like to not having like uh something like a, a final goal anymore you know yeah yeah so so I decided to like make that kind of switch, and it was kind of good, I think, for me because I I started to really enjoy doing it in three D. Uh, but again, like it was uh, there was no like big production going on in Brazil at all. Like it was mostly commercials. Uh, I had the opportunity to work in some cinematics as well, but I got a a gig with a student in Texas, real effects.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, as a remote animator for uh, Open Season 2.
0: Oh, very cool. Okay.
1: Which I think was a, a, a nice step for me. Yeah. To go from commercials to kind of start and transition f- to Feature. movies. Uh, to future movies. And then I did that. And then one year later or two years later, I did a, another gig with them for the ice age christmas special okay it was a 20 minute film for dvd and then that that one was much higher quality compared to open season two and also because of the characters were so known by that time uh the animation feedback was mostly about the characters not not much about the polishing or anything like was like uh, this is not uh, Diego, for example, which was the the mountain lion. So they wanted an, a certain specific kind of acting for each one of the characters uh-huh. because they already existed in other movies. Right, so right. Couldn't like do anything like too crazy. Uh, which in Open Season Two was a little bit more soft, I would say. Okay, like, was they were not very picky about the the characters. Uh, in that sense but uh, or, or it was a little bit easier to
0: to grasp them now you're still but, doing this from Brazil at the time at the time
1: yeah okay still From Just Brazil remote and still yeah and, and still as a freelancer because I, I had my uh, full-time job still in this company I was doing games and commercials and stuff like that gotcha and I did some rigging as well okay uh, with that with that company um so so then in 2012 i got a opportunity to go uh, to start working for sony on smurfs 2 okay and i think that was when i kind of okay now i'm i'm, I'm in the direction of my dream job uh-huh. that's with that way that's you know i'm talking i think it was Wait a second 31 at the time so it was a kind of a long long journey i mm-hmm. think since i was 15 I wanted to do this so it was a, it was a good moment for me uh, going to sony even though it was just a short contract it was four months only okay it was supposed to be like what well, we were like they were wrapping up the movie and they wanted animators and then i think probably they didn't have any animators uh to hire anymore at the time and I, I got the opportunity to... Very cool. To, to go.
0: So <laughs> that's
1: why it's a, I think it's, it's good for people out there that wanted to, to get a job. Is like to be ready and be patient because at some point there will, there, there's going to be an opportunity and then you need to be ready for that. And then I think, I, I, at least I feel that I was, uh, was ready. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wouldn't be very good if I, if I got a job too early as well. So I think that was a good moment.
0: Yeah. Patient was, was the was word like, I was thinking about when you were talking about that. I was just thinking the yeah. same thing. Yeah. you got to be patient. Um, there's timing there's, um, we all grow as animators or artists at different rates. Um, opportunities arise here. You are in Brazil, something opens up in the U S to, to do remote, you know? So it's just, it, it's just that timing and the, and the ability to be patient and, yeah. uh, flexible, I guess. Um, yeah. Exactly, so patient yeah. was that word yeah. was kind of coming to my mind. so, yeah, when you mentioned that. <laughs>
1: yeah. And also like, there's no like end goal, I, I wouldn't say like it's, it's always like you, you need to enjoy the process. Otherwise you'll live your entire life like one, one, once something. And then when you actually get there, you, you won't feel like it's, it's not fulfilling. Gotcha. If, you're, if you didn't enjoy the thing. Yeah. Um, Now, of course, we learned that a little bit later. That
0: that (laughs) That comes with maturity, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Now, can I ask you, you so by and large, you were self-taught. What were some of the things that you learned jumping into your first features? Um, You know, uh, Open Season 2, and um, you mentioned what was the other one at Real Effects? Uh, Oh, the Mammoth, uh, Ice Age. What were some of the things that you kind of were those plateaus and or a uh, growing process of stepping stones, you know, you're primarily self-taught. You were obviously put in the time to get to where you were at, but what were some of those things now being in a studio and on a feature type level that were kind of those aha moments for you?
1: Well, I think was to me, um, I would say first is to understand that Uh, when you're animating we're not just moving things like we keep it's moving things it's something that you need to learn like to how to know like move things smoothly if you wanted to make it smoothly or the timing of the moves and everything like all of that is the technical part Uh I think that's important but I think for me like the what separates a junior animator or or let's say, like an aspiring animator from a professional one is the fact that you can actually give, uh, you can make the character look alive mm. somehow. It's not just moving, you, gotcha. you're making the characters think and act like they, like he was a person or, you know, like you feel like there's a character in it. Yeah, yeah. It's not just move. Yeah. So you, you still can make any good animation just with move. I'm not thinking. I'm not saying that's not. Uh, it's black or white kind of separation. But uh, I think that actually, like especially for feature move films, you you wouldn't hold the audience if there is no character. If you don't care about about them right on the screen. So the animation animator needs to to convey that feeling personhood huh yeah i think that's and that's still something that i uh i i kind of uh there was a spark to me i think especially on the ice age movie that i worked on but it's not something that i learned right away and that i don't feel that i that i'm still don't have things to learn i still have a lot of things to learn in that direction that's i think that's right now when what i try the most to do gotcha is try to get that feeling uh, through the animation it's not only like get like nice arcs or whatever
0: yeah those two th- those two worlds work together huh but that that's a yeah. great point because particularly you know here at I animate when we're teaching character animation um, a, a lot of the students and stuff are kind of just continuing developing those those technical skill sets that you're talking about but they can kind of be divorced from the end goal of the animation and why we're doing this technical aspect. Well, is to bring believability to this as a character. So that's yeah. that's a great great point. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I think like um, one one other thing that I learned right when I when I was working at Sony, especially because before that, since I'm, I was working from home, I could you know put more hours on on the 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 shot if I needed to. So it was kind of more flexible that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't like the supervisors didn't know how many hours I was putting in. So that that was not important not, uh, to studio or, or to myself at that time. Like I need to finish the, the shot and that was it. Mm-hmm. But at Sony I, I actually had a 48 hour job. So I needed to kind of finish my animation or meet my deadlines gotcha. by that time. Um, so that was when workflow for me was important. <laughs> <laughs> like when I, I needed to find a way to. And and by the way, like when I joined it, I wasn't. I I I mentioned that I was ready, but I was not nearly where most of those guys there was. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, I, I still had to catch up. Yeah. So I, I, I have just the, that four-month job. I didn't have like one year to slowly improving. No, I had to go there and then finish my shots and show work so I could continue working there. That, that was my plan. Yeah. So it was kind of a pressure for me.
0: I'm sure, particularly with the pulling you in towards the end of a project when they're trying to fit wrap it up, they're they're moving in, you know, yeah, uh, this isn't you don't have a whole lot of time to ramp up. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, and another thing that that I noticed was when you are working at the studio, uh, there's it's there's not going to be like someone. I mean, if you are lucky, maybe, but at least to me, like I never seen that. Not uh, not not happen to me or to other people where there's like an experienced guy that is really, really willing to sit on your side and teach you stuff. There's nothing like that. You need to be ready. Mm. Like there, there's going to be like one thing one day, another thing, another day. And then you learn from someone doing that, hearing that, but it's not like someone will sit on your side and, uh, you know, walk you through he, it. Teach you. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's why it's important to do this when you are in an animation school, for example. You Mm -hmm. need to, like, absorb as much as you can because at the studio, you're going to be on your own
0: pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's great uh, to be teachable, huh, at this time. Now, were you doing remote from um, Sony as well or or did you get a visa to go work over there at the time?
1: Yeah, I moved. uh, I physically moved to Vancouver at the time. So that was the other part that was kind of a... Um, a very checkpoint in my life where I had to give up everything that I, uh, not give up, but, you know, change completely from. So after those four months, I, they actually extended for three more months, my, my work. And then I, I did some marketing stuff for Smurfs as well. And then the movie was done. At the same time that Cloud with Chains of Meatballs, I think was the second one. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was the second one. Okay. They, it was done at the same time, pretty much. And they didn't have any other movie right away. Mm. So they, they were working on a Spider-Man one there. But that was pretty much it. So they laid, laid off, I think it was like 200. Oh, my gosh. Or something. And I went with the, the wave. But one nice thing that they did was that they called uh, the studios in the city and say, "Okay, we we are late, leading off those guys, and if you guys wanted to apply to those studios, they they made they made that connection." Oh, that's fantastic for, for us. Yeah, yeah that that's great. awesome. And then I ended up got, uh, getting a job at Method. Okay, I, I worked at that movie uh, Maze Runner it was my first oh, VFX yeah, yeah. movie.
0: Now, how was the transition from? Um feature to vfx
1: Uh, it was it's very different Uh it's 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 i mean you're as an animator you can do both things i think most of us at least can can do both both things but it's it's such a different world right at least to me like it's a different approach of animation A different like you cannot at uh like most of the time you cannot like block in stepped for VFX it doesn't look good <laughs> most of the time because it's there's a plate of a character uh, a real like person uh-huh. running and grabbing your character whatever it is and your character is stepped it, it and the directors I mean the they oh, are coming usually from that like world, huh? yeah they cannot unless they 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 come from an animation background which mostly not the case. they cannot
0: uh,
1: understand very much if you just put it in blocking. gotcha. So most of the blocking it was almost like a polish already like just like missing like the the real like needy and greedy things but was almost like a polish step. And you know when you do a polish step and then you have to change things, like very broadly. Yeah. And it happens a lot. Like so change things here. Let's try something else and whatever. It's it you need to be like very open mind because you cannot love your shot at <laughs> any point. Because you might need to drop everything down and start all over again. And that was the only the, the another thing that I that I found to me were. I had a certain kind of a workflow where when, I, when I'm blocking, I'm blocking, and then once I go to step to spline, I'm splining it. and then if I need to go back to blocking, it's kind of it's much harder. It's like building a house where you already like built the walls and the pipes inside it, and then suddenly the guy uh, asks you to change the pipes. You're gonna have to tear down everything. Right, right. So you you need to come up with methods of of doing that without l- losing too much time or you know wrecking everything or gotcha. animation. Gotcha. So uh, I think that that was an important thing that nobody ever uh, told me at that point.
0: Now I haven't worked in VFX yet, um, but I also understand that timeframes for shots can be much different. They can take. You could be on a shot much longer or something like that because you're getting so many iterations from different levels and things of that nature. Did you find that to be true as well?
1: In my case, yes. Okay. I I didn't have much experience. It was just three months, and then later on in the future I worked at uh, on for Ragnarok. I worked I think for six or seven months. Oh, very true. cool. But it was also it was the same thing. It was the same company as well. So I don't have. Too much to compare, but it gotcha. was was something like this. Like I was working. Sometimes a shot would be like one day. It was a quick, quick one, and that was it. But most of the shots was I was working like for three months, <laughs> and <laughs> it was like a five, six seconds shots. So was not like a long shot or anything, because mm-hmm. because I think it's because of the hierarchy and how movies a movie works. And the constraints are different as well. Like, so the camera is already done. They cannot like go there and, and film the thing. Again. Right. Like you need to respect some, certain constraints. And I think they 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 want to try more stuff. Or also, I think there's a fact where nowadays, like the company that that's uh, making the movie, let's say disney or marvel or whatever are working on a the movie they hire like not only one studio but right. a few studios yeah so each one of them gets uh, uh some shots like sequences and then they respond to a vfx supervisor in the studio local and then there's another vfx supervisor that supervises all the studios so there's all those layers of things where yeah uh, and your animation shot doesn't get every day to that guy at the top. So sometimes you have one meeting a week or every two weeks with that guy over here. So in that meantime, this guy over here, it's kind of trying to get (laughs) the best of it. So when he brings up there, it's all right. Uh So sometimes this guy is trying uh, one, two, three versions, two different versions of the same shot to show that guy for, because, you know. He's got one chance of them in two iterations. weeks, yeah. Yeah, it's different from when I was working at Sony where we had daily meetings twice a day with the director.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. That's what I've heard, yeah, yeah. Now, did you find it being frustrating then working on the shots that long? Or you're just like, hey, this is just part of it and uh, you just adapt to, you're pretty flexible and that kind of stuff?
1: Uh, I. I won't lie to say that was not frustrating. It was. <laughs> I mean, you 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 want to produce more things. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of frustrating. We're working like three months in a studio and get out with like three shots. Yeah, yeah. Like three small shots that you cannot even put in a reel. <laughs> <laughs> they are all, all over the place. But uh, it's it's how it is. Like you, if you when you are like understand. A little bit more of the system, and uh, when, I, especially when I I worked at as as a lead at Sony, at, okay, um, at Starks, so that made me understand a little bit more what was going on in the planning part. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's not it's not easy as well. Like to like you have a hundred animators, like you cannot give um, like those uh, perfect like five sequence shots to one guy so his reel is gonna look awesome (laughs) it's just like that doesn't happen that way because uh, the sequence came in you have i don't know like 20 animators to distribute the shots on that sequence and you need to be efficient and you know like it's just like the the goal is to finish the movie let's put it that way like all of those other things coming second and once you understand this it's fine i
0: mean it is pretty amazing that when you think about it that we're able to produce something like this that is cohesive it's you know there's consistency across the board by and large um you know you're going to have your money shots and ones that kind of just help um by and large cohesive and but you're doing all that with you know multiple multiple people in different levels and to be able to kind of all work towards that same goal and actually produce something that's cohesive together it's pretty actually is pretty remarkable.
1: So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it is for sure. Like in and doing that like nowadays that they do in eight months or one year, like yeah. a whole movie, like the animation. It's yeah it's amazing. Sure.
0: <laughs> now I saw on Maze Runner on your um demo reel it was a, a, a really cool creature shot kind of running and chasing this uh person here. Had you had much work with creature animation?
1: I mean, I had done some very short things like uh, elephant walking or things like that for commercials, but uh-huh. nothing, nothing at that level. Gotcha. That what did point? you
0: learn in that process? We, uh, the reason why I ask is we've got multiple levels of animation, what we teach, feature, games, and creature. Um, so different kind of disciplines a little bit, obviously all dealing with animation, but kind of a little bit more specific so what was it that you learned maybe with that shot or that project where you had to kind of think maybe a little bit differently
1: I think it was uh, you had to be more realistic like uh, you, you need to nail the physics in the same, at the same time that you are uh, planning whatever the character is doing uh-huh. because if it doesn't feel like the weight is right or anything like Physically is not correct. It it's gonna kill your shot. I think for uh, as for like a cartoony animation, that's really not the most important part. Gotcha. It's more like it is entertaining, so that's good. Like the character is flying through the air. Like one one shot, for example, that I love, and that and that is totally physically incorrect. is one at Moana where uh, Maui turned into a whale, and then. He turns to a whale in the air, and then drops and splashes the water. Like if it was a real whale, it would drop like so slowly, <laughs> and it, it was not gonna be fun. The shots, <laughs> you know I mean. But it was, if it was a VFX, it would have to do it that way.
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: It would feel weird. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Um, so I think that's and that's actually the thing that doesn't attract me too much in VFX that's why I like cartoony animation more Mm -hmm. because you can be more creative as an animator because you don't have those kind of constraints you can pretty much go crazy of Uh course like within the the boundaries of the project but it's much much more flexible
0: gotcha so now you went to um method you ended up back at sony how did you get back at sony
1: so a method was only that uh, they, they didn't have an animation department at that time. That was kind of their first animation okay. work in Vancouver, at least. And then there was this uh, three-month project and it was done. And then I got a job. Uh, they, they kept doing that, but I, I left because I needed to work in my visa. Because if I didn't have a job, I needed to go back, back to Brazil. Brazil. I didn't want to do that. Um, And then I got a job at a studio called Rainmaker. Uh I worked in a a feature film for that PS3 game, game, uh, Ratchet & Clank.
0: Oh, very cool. Okay. My brother worked at Insomniac for a bit um, and worked on uh, one of the Ratchet & Clank ones. I forget which one. Uh, But yeah, he really enjoyed it
1: yeah yeah it was a really great game and everything like the movie didn't make very well but yeah the games are
0: are a a big yeah so this is for the movie of it though yeah yeah i remember the movie
1: uh, and then i think i worked there for like a year a year and a few months or so and then at in that point sony was still like just doing maybe just spider-man i don't i I probably not saying correct. They they might be doing something else, but it was not too much. They they were kind of they shrank a lot since Smurfs two, and then after that, the Ratchet and Clank, they were ramping up again for Hotel Transylvania two, and Angry Birds. Okay. So, so they grabbed every everyone again. Again. <laughs> <pretty much. laughs> like all of those guys that were working with me. at at Rainmaker, I mean, not all of them, but most of them came to with me at uh, to work at Sony again. Gotcha. So, so I was uh, I was working at Hotel Two at that time.
0: And now, were that, you uh, an animator on that one, yeah. or what was your position at on Hotel T uh, Two? Just animator, yeah. Okay. Animator.
1: And uh, yeah, and then uh, I worked there for uh, uh, for another two and a half years or so
0: gotcha now that one was very cartoony so was this kind of your first venture into something that was that far pushed
1: for sure yeah (laughs) 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 and i mean looking back at my shots now i think like man i could go i could i could have gone much more crazier gotcha like i was very like stiff
0: do you find that to be true? I, I found that animating to be true. You, you think you're kind of pushing it pretty good. And then you yeah, you look at it later, you're like, man, I could have done it more. So I've found that I tried to push it further than what I think, because I already know I'm trying to, I'm kind of keeping it a little more confined in my mind. So have you found that same thing to be true? Yeah. Okay
1: every time like. <laughs> uh,
0: here's my limit yeah, I think, okay i gotta push it yeah, further here
1: yeah i think if you got to a point where you look back at a five-year-old shot and then you still think it's perfect there's something wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you need, yeah, you,
1: you like need to that. keep like you keep like need to keep finding errors and things to improve.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the fun part. <laughs> um, any any particular fun anecdotes working on that show or, or anything that you kind of really just learned working on something that cartoony? Let me see. Because that was with Gendy as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think Gendy was, was, was something remarkable for me. Like he, uh, the way that he directs, He's an animator, so he he would draw stuff mm. on the screen. Like he and, and it was not something that he would like think about it and and draw. He was like with his coffee in his hand and <laughs> eating something, and then oh, you can do this this here and here. Doing and and he <laughs> those amazing drawings like out of the blue, you know, like it was a normal thing that he. He's does.
0: seeing it, huh?
1: Yeah. So, and he keeps like coming up with uh gags and uh, and stuff in, in the shot gotcha as well. and that was that was kind of a a very uh, fun thing for me to to see that and then you know trying to to match those poses that that he would draw was fun as nice. well
0: Nice. now um how much input to the gags and things of that nature do you guys have on shows like that? I know it can kind of vary from director to director. Sometimes they just hit it and it's like, this is run with it or there's some are a little more open and willing to, um, and I say it more open only because maybe the time permits. Sometimes it's just, Hey, we don't, we don't too many chefs in the kitchen. We got to just keep moving this uh, thing here. So how did you find working with Gindi on this project you, as an animator? Did you have some input here and there or how did that work?
1: was super super easy because in that part because he he know he he knows what he wants all the time and he's not picky about it like if he likes the, the gag that you uh proposed he would just like enhance that for you gotcha. so he would like he would, okay so I got the idea but what, what about we push this here here and there and then we'll be done he would be it. like like, I want exactly this. I don't like what you did. Like, he would try to go with whatever you came up with. And make first. it work. Gotcha. As long as, as that would, you know, help telling the story, uh-huh. I, I felt. So uh, yeah. I think I think that was that's pretty decent amount of um, room for the animator to to come up with. with gotcha. stuff.
0: Yeah, it makes it fun. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes it fun. So after Hotel T2 what did you go on from there did you stay at Sony? I stayed was that at Storks? Sony
1: was Storks. Okay. And that was the first uh, movie that I worked as a lead and that was kind of a got got me uh, surprised actually when I was called to to be a lead because Yeah. I didn't think I was very ready at that time but then uh you know i think sometimes you need you need that kind of push to learn you know like yeah in the yeah. water when the water is here you look at okay i need to learn how to swim <laughs> right now
0: <laughs> i gotta do it. how did you find so, leading was that um personality wise is it was it something that you found um Maybe having come through the trenches like you did, and and uh, having to be self taught and a lot of that, you were more patient. Um, it, you know, you were easier to to work with on that. How did you find being a lead work for you?
1: I think there's pros and cons. Um, for me, like was great in that movie, but I wouldn't be working as a lead forever. I think it's a it's a role, at least at Sony, it's a role where you have um, a lot of responsibility and you work a lot of hours. And also uh, you don't get as much uh, time to animate. Like gotcha. i was, I think I, I got maybe like 25% of the time uh, f- uh, free to animate. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, I could, I, I would quote that because it's not like like that, but I could pick up the shots that I, for me to animate. Okay. Within my sequences. <laughs> uh-huh. As long as I could finish that shot by the time that it was supposed to be finished, so I uh-huh. had less time. So it was sometimes I, I really wanted to animate that shot, but I, I knew that I wouldn't be able to do it. At, gotcha. Uh, with, by the due date, so um, so that was a good part. And uh, and and you know, learning how the production works, it's it's kind of fun as well. But again, like it's fun doing once. Or once in a while, but every time I think it will it, it would be very, very, uh, very, very heavy weight for for me. It, it's not for me. Like I know uh, a lot of guys there that are lead in one project after another after another, and they take that very smoothly.
0: uh uh-huh. just personality wise, there. Yeah. Gotcha. Um,
1: but, uh, but, but, but I mean. I don't know if I answered.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was just curious because I think I, it's just funny because personality. Some people, um, yeah, the 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 leadership part comes a little maybe more natural, and uh, sometimes it can be a, a again that double-edged sword, so to speak. You know, a guy or g- guy or gal might be in that position where maybe that just fits them as far as personality wise, but yeah. maybe they're less in, less patient because they're ready to you know go gung ho, so to speak. Um, yeah,
1: no, that part was okay for me. I think because of a, I was always like self-taught and, uh, taught and taught and in the studio that I worked I was rigor and animator and I helped with connecting other departments naturally like mm-hmm. it was not it was a small studio right yeah yeah so we used to do more things. So for me that that part was okay. Um, what was harder I think was uh, not being able to, relax and animate because i was sitting at my desk uh, saying okay i'm going to start animating and then five minutes later the chat's starting to pop up (laughs) and you had to either go to a meeting or (laughs) help some animator it was interruptions every time every time i couldn't concentrate so by the end of the movie it was good for me because i learned how to animate with
0: uh, distraction so to speak yeah
1: yeah <laughs> it's not easy but you can you can laugh. yeah you can no, and that's
0: another great point because i go okay maybe personality wise you're like hey i got into this industry to animate and now i'm animating less and so i don't like this position you know um i had it was i, a, it
1: was. I, so I, yeah, I, I get that, that. I
0: totally get it now again looking at your reel i noticed on um storks that you have animation R&D and tool development as well as animation supervising um, obviously the R&D and tool development how did you get into that because you're the creator of Anabot and which we'll get into <laughs> here I'd love to talk about that yeah but I'm assuming yeah. this has some of the genesis of getting that familiarity with developing tools as such right
1: yeah yeah so, so How did you get into this it,
0: role? I mean, you, you come from uh, an animation standpoint. You mentioned that you've done rigging and stuff, um, but you're obviously an animator artist, very cartoony. How did you get into the de- development and yeah, technical it's aspect? Kind
1: of two worlds that doesn't seems to match, right? <laughs>
0: like, yeah,
1: animator and programming. You need to choose one or the other. Kind yeah, of that's
0: a, that's a unicorn there, man. But, that's uh, where yeah, you, you can get that together. Works great.
1: Yeah, I don't understand that either. Like, I like, <laughs> I kind of like both. Uh, I like more animation for sure but I, I still like programming mm. it's kind of a puzzle for me gotcha like you you wanted to do something then once you like program and the thing does what you want it's it's such a pleasure to a yeah. uh, feeling yeah but anyways like I, I need to go back a, a little bit to explain how I <laughs> I got into this so when I was uh wanted to be a 2D animator and flash came out uh the macromedia flash uh-huh. Uh-huh. three uh, i think 3.0 okay it, it, it had a few versions already but then i saw that in the computer i found wow that's cool i can animate in the in that way like tweening stuff was something like really fun for me like you can put a pose here a pose there and then the computer would calculate whatever it's in between i felt like oh that's amazing Anyway, I started to kind of learn to use that software for fun. And then at some point I decided to do a website for me just to showcase my work. And at that point, at that time, everybody was doing flash websites. Those were you would visit the site, it would take like five minutes to load. <laughs> 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 and it was great, like people loved it. Uh-huh. Uh, and nowadays if it's just like two seconds. People would put them, they're
0: done, huh? Just, yeah.
1: <laughs> but then I start to learn uh, the the action scripts in Flash. That would help, like you click here, the character would do something. You click there, he would do something else. Like you could even like do some small games. Yeah, yeah. So I started to like I read a book like fifteen hundred pages of a- Flash action script. <laughs> I read the book from start to finish. I wanted one of the to few people who read it, huh? Yeah, probably the only one. <laughs> Somebody did that, that book saying, ah, nobody's going to read this. Yeah. Let's do it. And I did. So I learned I learned how to make that, that website. And then that website was actually what got me that gig that I mentioned the feature film in Flash. Oh, okay was because of the website not only, not not because the work that I had in the website it was the website itself how funny <laughs> yeah right uh, and then uh, and then when I was working in that movie in flash I develop uh, nobody knew exactly what they were doing there was a first feature movie they had done some stuff some of the guys there had done some stuff in flash small stuff but the feature film wise was the first. So everybody was experimenting with things. And one of the things that I I started doing it eventually there was uh, writing scripts to help uh, doing things faster like overcome those things like, you know, like when sometimes you, you just need to do something quick in a paper on a paper that it do but then computer it takes like 10 minutes to do the same thing like i couldn't bear that kind of thing (laughs) and then i found i found that uh the we could program stuff in flash but it was a very simple thing like you know like on photoshop i don't know if photoshop does that yeah but i think it does you have like an action panel where mm-hmm. you you start doing stuff and it records what you're yeah. doing, yeah. And then you can save that as a macro script. Yep. It was it started like that.
0: Something like that, huh?
1: First, but then you can grab that macro that you did and open on the text editor or whatever, and then you you see what's going on, like yeah. In co- coding wise, it's doing this, selecting that, and do uh, you know? doing this, this, this. And then I started to grab those things and changing it, the code itself. So sometimes I would do once and then I wanted to do this 10 times. I would just change, do a loop, one to 10, do this, boom. And then I started to making those little scripts. And then eventually I learned that we could um, program an interface with buttons and places where the user could actually write. Okay. If I want 10 times, I would write 10 and hit the button. Uh-huh. It would do that. Uh, and then I started doing this for myself. And then eventually the students started using my tools. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I left uh, two years later, uh, two years, I was in that process I left. Uh, some guy in the studio to, uh, mentioned to me, you, you should sell this stuff, man, out there. I said, mm, okay, I'll try. And then I grabbed all of those random scripts that I did, and then I tried to convert them in a more like a commercial way uh-huh. that I was e- more easier to use. Because when, when you do a script when you make a script for you, you don't uh, you know exactly the situation that is yeah use yeah it. so you don't you don't prevent uh, errors from happening if you use it for something else yeah so that that was one thing that I tried to do like all the like wrap it up all those things and prevent situations and you know like make a better interface easier to understand simple mm-hmm. again like I was more like... It was more like something that I like to do as a puzzle thing for me. Yeah, yeah. That help, helped me with what, uh, what I really wanted to do with, with which was animation. And then uh, at the studio that I worked uh, in 3D in Brazil, I did some scripting here and there as well. Uh, but uh, that was always like very amateur and... Um, I never like really stopped to learn anything. Like I was always like Googling stuff and I I needed to do one specific thing. I I, I was Googling for that specific thing. And once I'd done that, that's it. I didn't want to know exactly what was going on. Mm. I just wanted to learn piece by piece. And then I went to, to Sony. I think that was the turning point where it started to become more... Uh, important to me the workflow thing that I mentioned was, you know, like animate fast and Sony had some uh, tools in there that helped with speed up the workflow. They had their own tools. Uh, I also had some tools that I, you know, like everybody like hunt tools on the internet and and have like five or ten there that was always like taking (laughs) <laughs> so those and, and use them so i had those as well but sony had had some much better ones uh for most of the cases and but the problem to me was that i worked for seven months only for uh, at sony and i kind of got used to use the, those tools and then when i went to method it was their first animation uh move they didn't have Barely a pipeline for animation uh, there. They were building at the time, and no animation tools at all. So I set my computer and I, I said, uh, "Where's that button? <laughs> How to do this again uh, without a tool."
0: Vanilla Maya. Like,
1: uh. huh? Yeah. Uh, and then I started to grab uh, those scripts again. But then uh, since I was I was aware that I was only going to work for three months, I thought to myself, okay, let me try to at least make something very easy to install. Like I wanted to like drag and drop and boom.
0: You can go to any studio for three, four months and pull, do the same yeah, thing, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because it's, it's such a pain to like set up hotkeys, set up. Uh, this you need to copy to this folder, this to another folder, that to another folder and that's the script to launch this one, that's the script to launch that other one. It's, it's always a pain to set up. Yeah. It took me like a week to, to go back to that same state that I was before. Yeah. and it was a worst state because I didn't have those tools that was that, that were better. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of was a step back for me. I th- felt. But I was lucky that there at method I I met a guy that was a rigger and also an animator, and I I become friend uh, friend uh, we become friends and he taught me a lot of things in Python. That was my first experience with Python. And then I did did that like I I made a, a small. toolbar and I knew like right at the bat that I want a toolbar at the top of the timeline not up there on the shelf right Uh because I I wanted to work just there
0: (laughs) on the one place. This is what I want to do yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah so that was the first thing and then I started to plug in all the buttons. It was just shortcuts to launch those tools that I grabbed from the Uh internet. That was kind of the first A-tools version. The A-tools is the Oh, yeah, 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 uh, so I, I did yes, before.
0: I, yep, I used A-Tools, yes, I, yeah, <laughs> that's so funny, I forgot so, you were the developer of that before, the, yeah, Anabot.
1: Yeah, so that was the first A-Tools version, uh, it was just like, um, pretty much um, stealing tools right? <laughs> from everyone and putting in there, Compiling I mean, not them, stealing yeah. because they were free, but uh, I did that, and it was Uh, the the process of doing that small bar, I started to learning how to to make a button, how to make things. Oh, Python, you do that that way in this and that. And then eventually I I said to myself, uh, I don't like this twin machine because um, I click on a button here and the focus of the mouse, whatever, goes to that window. So I cannot switch frames anymore. Ah. I need to click on the viewport to switch frames. Gotcha. So I need to like, click here, click on the viewport. It was one one more click to do it. And it was those small things that I didn't like. I started to say, okay, let me grab this, all of those buttons of the uh, Twin Machine and put it down there. So I don't need, I don't have this extra step
0: all yeah. the time.
1: It took me like three months to do just that <laughs> at the beginning, it was because uh-huh. I didn't know anything. Like okay, so I did that, and then I learned more, and then I said, okay, let me try. Then this this plugin here, I don't like this. Let me try to to fix that, not fix that, but doing it my way. Uh-huh. And then I did that, and then one day I remember, like is as if it was today. Like I was looking at what I was doing. And it was like a spark. I said, okay, I don't need to talk myself to use those tools that way. I can make whatever tools I want to work (laughs) the way I want them to work. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, my my head was like,
0: why did I think about this before? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I started to like writing down in, in, and trying to find tools to tackle workflows nice. like from scratch. So I had something like, okay, I need to <coughs> make this tool closer to, I, I don't know, like, what, what, whatever tool it is, but uh, I had some problem when I was animating, not uh-huh. a problem, but something that I needed to do. And then, okay, like, what could help me to do this faster? Not, not fa- I, I don't think faster is the right word though, but I think it's more like, I want I don't want to feel like I'm using tools. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah I yeah. wanna just it's like driving. You don't you don't know that you are stealing the wheel, yeah, wheel yeah. or pressing on the gas. You're just you are the car when you are there. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if, like if some if some another car hits you, you don't say like they hit my car, they said you hit me.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, like you become the car. <laughs>
1: so it's something like that. Okay. So I started to doing that. And it was like exponential because as as you are doing, you are learning, and you are doing, you are learning. It's a kind of a process that goes in a loop. Yeah. And then I was <coughs> eventually when I was when I worked at Rainmaker that year was the year that I actually developed A tools
0: because
1: mm. I was developing at home and using at the studio. Uh, and what I did was. I kind of replaced everything. Like you become like all the code in there. I, I eventually was, everything was was written by me.
0: How you wanted uh, it, yeah.
1: Yeah. And one thing that I did by, by ex, not by accident, but uh, with an, a purpose of making easier for me was, since I was working at home and, and using at the studio, I, I put it on the internet in a way that when I launched Maya, you would automatically update.
0: Gotcha. Download that latest latest and install and stuff, on yeah. top of it. Nice.
1: And then uh, I told like my friends that were working there about the tool or they would ask what what that what was and then, so they were start to using it as well. A few of them.
0: But yeah, you had that. your beta I testers was, there, huh?
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They, and they, you know, like people get very excited about it. Yeah, yeah. When they, when they see that they can do something faster, it's yeah. kind of like, wow, I, I want something. Yeah, faster. absolutely. And they, and they would come up with ideas and stuff. Um, and then I went back to Sony. And of course, I did the same thing. Like I installed my tools. And I was not even using their tools anymore. <laughs> I was at that time. I liked my own way of doing things, so was I was using just that. And since they hired a lot of people at once, everybody was in that kind of uh, uh, phase where you know you just started working, you, ramping up you again. Are, uh... Yeah, you were you are looking at new things. So I think because of this, the tool there spread like wildfire in the <laughs> studio. Like everybody started using A-Tools there. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Uh-huh. And my friends knew that I did. Maybe some friends that they told about it knew, but the third person didn't know. Like they, they Anybody in-house that, did, yeah. Yeah, they thought it was an in-house tool. And what was the problem with that? Was wherever there was an error with the tool or a conflict, whatever, they would send tickets for the pipeline <laughs> to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even know that there was that many people using it or anything. Like I was just at my desk animating, thinking that was just my friends at Rainmaker <laughs> And they they came up to me at some point, like the head of the character structure pipeline super plus supreme whatever he came to like the head of the department came to me and he was a very nice guy by the way but he he went to me like very like serious and um on my side which is something that doesn't happen uh at Sony, almost like people usually like send your emails or messages. They don't come to your
0: desk. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> a it's like,
1: yeah. I was working and, and suddenly like a head came here and then I, I look at it and there was this guy and then he said and uh, who he was and then he was uh, asking about this tool. Like, what is this tool? Like, what, what is it do, does it do? And he didn't tell me exactly why he was there. <laughs> and not that those problems were happening i didn't know like i i was aware of that later but then he, he just asked some stuff and said okay and then he went away <laughs> okay. i thought okay i'm fired <laughs> i was just waiting for the email uh, but it was was okay I kept working for a while and then eventually what happened was uh they there was a, kind of a conflict with the two uh for one specific show i think it was alice in wonderland that they were doing that there was one specific issue there that uh stopped the the publishing process or something like that on <laughs> a saturday which <laughs> i wasn't there and nobody was was there and nobody knew what the fucking tool that was. <laughs> so it was a big thing like for, for everybody. Like they, they didn't like it at all. Like the fact that had a, a tool, an outside tool like this really yeah, by yeah. an animator and in, in so many people using it. So they tried to get rid of it. The uh, pipeline and that's uh, the department of tools there. Which, which, looking back now, makes sense. I think yeah. if I was working there as a pipeline guy, I I was going to think of the same thing. Like it was, it is a problem. Like a tool, uh, reading like such a mature way, using that um, that much. Yeah. But what happened was uh, animators on the show, spe- especially on the Angry Birds show, they really like it to using it. And the, even the supervisor, the animation supervisor, was aware that the animators were using it and liked it. And they fought back. They didn't want them to, <laughs> to take it so. away. Yeah. So it was that back and forth going on there. And I, I mean, I learned that later again. Like, I was just animating. Imagine, like, I was just with my phone animating and ev- all of that happening. Uh-huh. Um, but then this guy came to me again eventually and said, okay, so uh, animators want your tool. They don't want us to uh, remove it. So we need to find a way to either, its the decision is yours, basically, they said. Uh, either this tool becomes official, which means owned by Sony. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, or we, we're going to have to remove it completely. So uh, I said, okay, I'm going to think about it. And then I, th- uh, I talked to my friend that's uh, uh, & d de- uh, developer and rigger, top notch there and i I talked to him about like what do you think I should do and then he right away like said accept it you're gonna learn a lot like don't don't mind about like giving like giving your two away let's speak you you can rewrite them later uh, you're going to learn, and it's going to be good for you. I said, OK. And oh, that's a good way of accept. looking at it. Yeah. So I kind of accepted. And uh, at that point, what happened was that uh, any updates that I did for A-Tools, it was going to be owned by Sony. That was the kind of the deal. And by the way, they didn't pay me anything. Just what so you are curious about, and that was okay. Like I, I was not looking for money anyways. Like working as a developer, I wanted to be an animator. They were paying my salary as an animator, so that was that was okay. What I didn't know was the amount of work that I was getting into it uh, on top of what I was already doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I became in a situation where. I had to uh, support the tool inside the studio, and also deliver my shots. Uh-huh. <laughs> and my animation supervisor didn't even know that I was doing that, and the pipeline guys didn't know about my delivery dates. And they, I don't think they even give a shit about. about <laughs> it. If there's a problem, fix it and and deal with it. Yeah. So that that was what happened. Like, and at the beginning was, as I mentioned, like, was a very immature tool. And there was so many things. Like, I I I didn't know conventions. I didn't know, you know, like anything about it. it was so many things that was wrong in the code, uh, that I had to learn how to to do it properly. So there was a this guy the pipeline where uh he he actually taught me a, a lot of things like there was a really nice uh guy i appreciate and, until today this guy so he learned okay so he said uh, don't do this don't do this don't do this do this that way do this that way uh clean up here clean up there blah 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 it was not a good code at the end but at least like there was no there was no like big issues with it anymore so eventually got to uh, a code where I think it was very hard to maintain to be honest (laughs) but at least like was not like a big mistake was not like intrusive was not uh, having conflicts with anything anymore and I learned how to what those do's and don'ts right so that was that was kind of um I mean that was this chapter of the the story. Gotcha. So I did that,
0: and that was all then, during because, like I said, on your demo reel, it, uh, on uh, Storks, that's where it has animation R and D tool development. That's when oh, that you're doing was, this, or is no, that that was
1: that was when I was working on the hotel too? Oh, okay, yeah. And then uh, when I started working on Storks, and I was developing a uh, new tools. As well, like uh, I was supporting tools, uh, developing new things, delivering my shots it was good for me because I learned how to animate very, very fast. Uh-huh. Like I, I was doing all those things. Sometimes I would take like one entire day just coding, uh-huh. and I would still deliver my shots. Nice one day before I was supposed
0: to. Do. Okay, was... so just out of, just out of curiosity, then, because we have obviously animators who are listening to this as well, what were some of the things that you learned? Was it just Okay, let me back up again. How did you become faster? Then, what was it that you developed then as an artist that helped you to deliver your shot still on the same on a, the right time?
1: I think it's a sum of everything. Like Twin Machine helps a lot for me. Like my workflow as a post to Pose uh-huh. speeds up a lot because you can key everything, and it doesn't matter. Like you, I don't need to go to let let's say I'm polishing fingers, uh, I barely polish fingers nowadays because when I'm keying the keys, I already know that if I want to ease out, I don't need to go to every single curve and ease out the, the tensions. Uh-huh. I just can place a few more keys in there to indicate to the computer that he needs to do that. Gotcha. Easy way. So if you key everything that way, the body, the everything, uh-huh. like he, it's just, you hit spline and it's 95% done. Almost. Gotcha. If gotcha. You, if you do it that way. So splining was something that uh, I used to spend a lot of time. And, and then by using the that method with the twin machine, I pretty much like, I was just like splining, polishing the main controls.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. So you, you approach it... Um, uh, your workflow in regards to, like you said, keying everything um, more like a 2D animator, huh? These are drawings here.
1: Totally like, yep. yeah.
0: Yep. And I don't want to say that
1: this is the best method right. or anything, like, because I learned uh, how to do other things later. But I think it's important to know that because it's a very basic uh, approach. And it's good to know uh, if you are doing, like, uh, if you go, if you work on a, on a, Show for example Spider-Man, That's uh, kind of a uh, on twos. Yeah, you need to learn how to do this because it's not like splining and then keying on the two <laughs> things and change into a step. Uh-huh. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> it's a completely different mindset. On uh-huh. twos and on ones. So you kind of need to to learn how to manipulate keys. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. Like okay. like in a massive way. Gotcha. So if you if you use a, a twin machine. No, it doesn't matter if the character has 10,000 controls, uh, 10,000 keys on that frame. You're going to press one button and it's going to adjust all of those keys for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I think that was that was a biggie for me. Gotcha. Like not, not spending time on the graph editor
0: too much. Gotcha. Okay. That's awesome. Uh,
1: and the other thing is uh, space switching. If you are blocking, for example, and your character is uh, either FK or... Or an IK arms that's parented to the chest in uh-huh. you know, a chest space. If we're blocking that way, it, it helps because if you if you turn the character, the, the arms are gonna go with it. So you you have something for free already to start with. But when I was splining, I found that at, that if if it's parented to the chest again, you can it's harder to get the arcs working well. And it's also harder because if you are tweaking the chest, you are going to change the hand. Yeah. So I was working in a method where I was, I was switching back and forth all the time, the, the spaces like that. So uh, sometimes I, I would want to the chest. Sometimes it's on the hip. Sometimes it's in the world space. And at the end, when I was planning, I would usually like just turn everything to world space. And okay. I, for most cases, at least. And that helped me a lot as well. I, I don't, I didn't need to commit like to uh, a single space for the whole shot. That was a, that was a big one. Yeah. So no, the, those small things like helped me a lot. And also I think the last one that was big one was constraints. Okay. Uh, I, um, I think I, I kind of got, um, how do I put it? Like uh traumatized once <laughs> with a shot that i did on open season two at the time was the the bear the book the bear was riding a unicycle mm. while he was juggling i think it was like three three balls and one dog he was like <laughs> juggling the, those things riding the unicycle jumping and turning And uh, on top of a box and then Mm. jumping back to the floor and riding the thing like that shot to me was like, uh, man, I still feel the pain. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to do with constraints and, you know, like the juggling was all constrained, was working great. But then once you start to turning the character, moving it away, like everything like moves with the character and doesn't make any more sense. Right, right. And uh, I think that shot was what, I mean, I, I don't think I'm sure that that shot was what made me come out with a tool to work with uh, grabbing and releasing things without constraints. Gotcha. Or at least like making that easy. Mm. Uh, and the same mindset as the space Switching where you I don't want to marry my constraints. That, yeah, yeah, that's the main problem in yeah. mind. Like sometimes you you are blocking, you need to think about the constraints even before blocking. That's yeah. crazy. Like yeah. you need to constrain things to to block it that way. And then suddenly you need to change the your shot or change the frame that the things are constrained, and everything got screwed. Yeah, yep. working with constraints.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I hated that. And that shot was an example. Like I kept like receiving notes, which is normal. (laughs) And then my animation was always like, almost like doing the everything from scratch all over again. Yeah, Every single shot, everything, every every single note that I received. So I came up with that fake constraint tool, which then bought now it's the um, uh, X form relationship. Okay. So basically like you copy uh, uh, a relation, for example, if I'm holding my, my phone here and there's no constraints, I can pose my phone wherever I want. And then I copy that relationship to something. So I yes. copy that relationship for from this to the hand. So if I move the hand down here, I can use that relationship to copy that again. Yeah. And that's still in world space.
0: Uh-huh. Yes. So yeah, for, yeah.
1: for simple things, this is to me like this is much better because... Although, like, you don't get the tweening going on, you can bake that part. Yeah. And the rest, like, if, if he le- leaves the, the cell phone on the table, you are done. Like, yeah. you don't need to worry about anything. And if you need to change that, the frame that he puts the cell phone, it's just a regular nudging. Yeah. You don't need to care about where the constraints are because there's no constraints.
0: You know, there's something was- to be said about uh, people who are specializing in this particular, you know, Fields, um, but one of the things I love about Animbot is that this is coming from someone who, like you, who's in animation, who is going, "How can I do this better?" And it, so it, it's being developed by somebody, not secondhand, so to speak. You know, an animator coming to a developer saying, "Hey, I'd like to be able to do this," because that developer is still trying to interpret it from this animator's communication. Here, you're that that, communic- that, that uh, communication's gone with you because you are the animator and the developer, <laughs> you know? So I just, that's one of the reasons why I really, really just love AnimBot because it's it's coming from somebody who's working in it, using the tools and going, how can I make them better based upon my workflow, based upon the feedback that I'm getting from other animators? So um, it's just it, absolutely amazing. I I And the other one, the other one here, um Recovery tool. I think Annabot is worth its weight in gold for the gold for the uh, <laughs> recovery. Um, when Maya crashes, be able to pull up your scene back up and not lose work is <laughs> tremendous, tremendous. So yeah,
1: yeah. What was the, I mean, was that what that? was the genesis for that one?
0: <laughs> What's that?
1: People love that when it works.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it works though. I've had um, maybe a handful of times. You know where it didn't, but for the, by and large, I would say up in the high nineties, it works. Yeah. and so yeah, when you're, I got, yeah, when I got you're losing of people, hours of work. Uh, that's great.
1: Yeah. I got a lot of people uh, frustrated with that tool at the beginning of the Anybot because I wanted to do, a bet, uh, because this tool was available in A tools. Mm-hmm. It was a much simpler version, and you need to be very careful with it because if you if you didn't hit the recover or just close the window, it couldn't recover anymore. Like, it was, okay. it was something like one chance. It worked, <laughs> Yeah. like for most cases. And people got used to that. And then when, when they started using uh, Anibot, I did it in a totally different way uh, because I wanted to improve it. And at the beginning, it wasn't working 100% of the time. Yeah. Like for some people, it wasn't working at all. And then they they couldn't recover things. And then imagine, like, you are were, you were used to work, like, two hours without saving (laughs) and now the thing says it's going to recover but it doesn't so it's it was very frustrating but now now i think it's it's oh yeah
0: for sure for sure and honestly people
1: or people get tired to to talk to me about
0: it (laughs) (laughs) honestly even 10 or 15 minutes because i say i save a lot i I hit Control s Control s you know so i save quite often but sometimes even a five or ten minutes to go okay where was the last time I saved? What did I just, you know, and just trying to even that consciously having to think, what did I last do since I saved, even if it was five or 10 minutes, you're going, what did I do in that time? You don't have to think about that. If when Anna recovery works, because it pulls back up, you're like, okay, this is, I'm just picking back up where I just left off, you know? Um, so yeah, that alone is worth its weight in gold. So, uh, kudos to you on that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's
1: cool. Uh, so where was I, Developing
0: during um, Storks.
1: Right. So in that movie, I was a lead, so I didn't have time to develop any new tools for a tools uh, internally there anymore, Uh, which was okay. I mean, I was was not feeling bad about it because I was learning other things. Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about how I, what I developed on Storks. So the, the main challenge there was the wolves so the wolves it was like a pack of wolves that would turn into vehicles <laughs> or like they would turn into a boat or to an airplane to a submarine uh-huh. so they came up with those starboards, and then uh, people would look at it it's okay <laughs> okay we're want to do that yeah uh, how <laughs> <laughs> so uh i got a chance to start working at the very beginning of the movie i think it was just five of us uh in the animation and then i uh there was a couple guys on the effects character effect side and so we got together to think about it like how how we're gonna do this so we they tried ragdolls they tried uh, some crowds stuff. And for that particular movie, it didn't work very well because the wolves needed to become like a, a very specific shape. And the animators still needed to go there and An find that wolf and do something with that wolf. It was not like a particle system. Yeah, Anything... yeah. That's
0: what I was first thinking. Yeah. Yeah. that Like the
1: animator needed to have that control and the direct- we needed to give the director which was a uh, Doug Sweetland, uh-huh. the power to come up and give a note saying that I want that wolf to smile or I want that wolf to paddle the boat, you know, like things like that. He, uh-huh. he needed to, to have this kind of thing. Like imagine like for doing as an, uh, as an FX pass, this would be a nightmare.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. Would you're... go. To, yeah. yeah.
1: I would go to uh, like, like, your department go back to animation go back to other department it would be like a ping pong I yeah think. and we we didn't want that and so the solution that we end up uh, doing was me and another guy there melt uh, his name is melt vendors i don't know i probably uh, pronounced uh, in the wrong way but we both got together and thought about it like, okay, let's uh let's try to do this. So, the tool would basically get the rig because the problem, another problem that before I'm talking about the tool, the problem was that we couldn't have 200 rigs in the scene.
0: Oh, it, yeah, it
1: was impossible to animate.
0: I can imagine that, yeah,
1: possible. Like, we, th- there was no uh, even memory in the computer to open a shot like this, so we needed to. F- somehow to convert those characters to geometry cache. So we made a tool where uh, we could pick the, the it was, was like this, like you could, we would bring a rig in the scene and we could convert that rig into a cache, but the rig was still available and hidden somewhere in the scene. So we could use that rig to bring another character was in a cache state back to rig, huh? Because because uh, that uh, animation information was saved saved somewhere
0: somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we could pick like
1: okay, and and it was really fast. Like we could scrub the timeline. It was real time. Like the whole yeah. all the caches doing whatever, and then we could pick. Okay, I, I want that wolf. I want to animate that wolf. We could pick that wolf, hit a button. It would bring the rig again. Only for that wolf.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's almost kind of like uh, referencing in and cache, right? So you're just swapping out the reference cache? Almost like this, yeah. Okay.
1: But it was faster because we could, the rig was already in the scene. Yeah, Okay. We we didn't need to bring the whole rig. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So it was pretty fast, like to bring a rig. It was almost instantaneous, almost. Like it was uh, the time of unheat the rig, hide the cache, and load the animation.
0: In that rig it was pretty quick, huh?
1: Yeah, it was like five seconds, man. And then we, and then we would do a like a small adjustment, like, like may, maybe like making a blink, whatever. Uh huh. And then we could hit a button again; you would cache that rig again. Uh huh. And bring the cash,
0: the new cache. And you could pick a different wolf now if you wanted to. And just, yeah, you have to, all yeah, do all that's amazing.
1: Keeping doing that way. And that was kind of the tool that was developed. And they, they, they kept using that tool for other shows because it was great for the animator to be able to do su- such a, th- a thing. Because otherwise, uh, up to that point, it was a completely different department. Like when there was a lot of characters, it was a crowd department. Uh-huh. Or a crowd um, person that would would do it like, yeah yeah and, and you don't have much control of the the crowd uh the same way that we do
0: so would the animator still animate all the wolves that were con- converting into that certain shape so they would yeah, I'm put placing this here and making this shape here right
1: yeah okay if you see the, the those shots in the movie i think it was i think it was four animators that did all of the shots Wow, the wolves it was me, Joseph Hallmark, uh, Alex Angelis, and Ricardo Yost. Man, if I'm forgetting somebody, they're gonna hate me now. <laughs> <laughs> it was four or five. Oh, well, yeah, Dave Wesh.
0: All right, so you got Dave, it in there.
1: You did at the van, yeah. So, but it was pretty much it. Like that one animator would tackle that shot in the same way that. He was animating others. It was it, a little bit more challenging for sure, but it was not like he would spend like three months in the shot.
0: Just shape these wolves around this proxy shape, right? This yeah. airplane or uh, you know submarine. Man, that that's really really remarkable. Yeah, the very neat.
1: Thing that I ended up doing where uh, one of the hardest part was. To squash and stretch the whole thing. Like, if you have a car, we want to kind of give like a stretch. Yeah, like we couldn't do it like bringing one, one rig and then changing things. Oh, another right, rig right. Another. We, we needed like kind of a lattice on top. Uh huh. So, that was one tool that I wrote there. It's a kind of a lattice and the it it squashes the, the proxy. Uh huh. So the animator can see what's going on, and then he would hit a button, and he would send that whole work of recaching to the farm.
0: Okay, that's amazing. Very, very cool. Okay. So now, I mean, <laughs> kind of just as I'm thinking about this, it's just um, so much more advanced than when you first kind of started, you know, writing scripts for um, Macromedia Flash at the time, you know, and just that development. You're you're helping develop and write tools for a major animation studio. Um, just remarkable as I kind of, you know, as I think about that. Um, so from Storks, was that one of your last shows at Sony?
1: was the second to last. Okay. I worked on Emoji Okay. For a while. Uh, and, then, and then when I was working at, at Emoji, I was just like stepping back from lead. I was working just as, as an animator. OK. Um, but at that point was where I had, during Storks, I was kind of like brainstorming so much stuff because it's, you know, like if you, if you get like A-Tools and bot now, I think people can understand the difference. And I had that kind of feeling in my mind since then. Like I can do something much, much better, uh, much, much robust. Uh, other tools that I want to do it it's still not here but I was not doing it during stores and as I mentioned like it was was okay but when I started working on emoji I think all of that came back and then it was something that I needed to make a decision like what I'm going to do like uh, am I going to actually develop this or just drop it and um and Eventually, like I found, okay, I I think I I found at that time that most people around, like in the industry, at least in Vancouver, uh, knew about me because of A tools, okay, not because I worked as an animator. That was the funny part. People didn't even think I was some. Some people doesn't even know that I was an animator. Yeah. So I I I. I thought to myself okay i either i take advantage of that fact that accidentally happened or i just you know keep doing whatever i'm doing right somehow i was not happy working on emoji i think probably like the show itself was not very um uh, how do i say that like Challenging for as in, for an animator or gotcha. something like that, um, which is okay. Like it happens, of course. Like right. it's an up and downs that in that point. And then after that came Spider-Man, which was awesome. Yeah, and I left before that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had to make a decision. Like I had to think to myself, okay, what I need, to, uh, what do I want to do? Either I. I try to make make the, those things, or I don't. But I couldn't do it this the way that it was set up. Yeah, hotel. I couldn't do it that. It was not healthy to do it that way. Yeah, I was working way too much, and uh, and too much responsibilities without even being paid for paid for. Mm. You know, like I was just being paid as an animator. Like why Why I was doing all of those things? I was doing just to my own. Um, willing and uh, decided to try to find a place with a balance a work balance to actually make it happen so I, I, I came up to the studio and one way that I was uh, thinking was if they gave if they give the um, ownership of this of the scripts not, not a tools I don't want that anymore I wanted to write from scratch, but I wanted to own it. I didn't want to write and then, you know, be laid off again and lose everything. Uh, and also, I wanted to make that public because that was what A-Tools brought to me. Like, the fact that it was public made people um, know about
0: it. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: So, that, those were uh, that, that was the Thing that I was trying to to talk with them about but unfortunately like in a big studio I learned it doesn't work that way like if you are working at a studio uh, but with with tools is different because if I if I wanted to do something that let's say Disney was going to use or method was going to use it, it couldn't be something that Sony owns it because right. with all of those, contracts with those big companies they are really really like keen to know that they are not gonna have any IP problems they wanted to know that it's this is really your IP am I gonna have like you know one studio suing another because you're using their tools yeah yeah so that I know that I knew so it came up to a point where either I leave the company to do whatever I wanted to do or I just push it for the future kind of thing uh but the cool thing about it was that and I, I couldn't afford like leaving the company without any any salary yeah and do it You know, like at home without my I, I need to, I have I have a family I need right. to provide right so I, I left I, I didn't leave right away but I talked to a few studios around, I, I mean, uh, friends around to see if there's any spot available for animator. And then I got in the same week, I got three offers right away. In because cool. of because of A tools, I, <laughs> I, 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 I go I go to those three companies and talk to those guys in the interview. All they mention is about A tools. <laughs> it's yeah, and I said okay, and not, that was kind of. The push that I that I needed. Gotcha. You know that kind I was that going confirmation, to the right huh? direction. Yeah. yeah. And I, I kind of went back to work at Method and they had a different kind of uh, contract.
0: So I was able to... Develop remove, it during that?
1: Yeah, develop at home doing that, but keeping the IP. Gotcha, so gotcha. I, I thought I was going to develop everything that I wanted in four months. That that was kind of my my goal. Uh, took two years. <laughs> uh, like I had no idea what I was, what I was getting into. It. <laughs> Man, and that was kind of like, I, I was scary at the point because when I left, the decision of leaving Sony was not just like I'm leaving a studio. It was kind of like I'm leaving my dream job uh-huh. because I, I know that I couldn't work and any other big studios, again, because of this uh, fact that
0: the IP oh, gotcha, gotcha.
1: So it was kind of a, a big decision for me. Uh-huh. And that was kind of a very heavy weight on my shoulders during those two years because I didn't know that what I was doing was, was going to, you know, like uh, do anything right or if that was... The right thing to do, but then, uh, and I thought it was going to be just four months. And then after four months, I was just like I pretty much like did ten percent of the what I wanted. And then I said, holy, holy shit! I, I screwed. I'm screwed. I didn't do the right thing." It was kind of hard, so I, I kind of okay. Let me push a little bit harder. So I start working more. And then doing things, doing things. I was just like doing for myself. This time I was not, nobody else was using, just me. And then that was January 2017. So I went all the way to November that year. Developing up to like maybe 50% of where I wanted to, to do. Because the problem was I couldn't, Because I had A-Tools already there, I couldn't develop a tool where there was not at least what A-Tools had. Gotcha. It was a good and a bad thing for me. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mean, I couldn't make... uh, um, I couldn't convince anyone to pay for something if it doesn't have all of those tools, at least that is free. So by november i decided to release like a beta just just because i needed people to use it to see if there they were going to have um, uh, interest in it and then i and then i made a patreon page with people that could give some money to the project and i was i was going to give uh, like Two or three times that money back when the the tool was gotcha. Ready. So I got quite a few people. Like uh, it was a, uh, quite a good noise, and that helped me like pushing forward. If it wasn't for that, like I I would have stopped it there.
0: Gotcha, like, man. That's amazing. Yeah,
1: and it was another year. Like that was November twenty seventeen. So it was all twenty eighteen. Keep developing, 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 and by the end of twenty eighteen, was actually when I first released uh, it officially, like for s- selling licenses
0: for it. That was twenty what eighteen, um, beginning of twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, okay, gotcha. So it's been two years. And- now, do you develop it solely by yourself, or do you have help now, or how how does that work?
1: Development is all by myself. Oh by yourself. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I had help for I still have help from all people that use it, basically. Yeah. Like we have a group on Facebook, they give ideas. They, yep, yep. I don't know they they mention stuff that uh, could be better and things like that. So I keep developing that way. And how today, much
0: how much of your time is um troubleshooting and making it better versus now adding in other stuff that you want to add in.
1: I think that, I think that there's no like a one answer to this. I think it depends on, uh, on the stage. I can tell how, how it was so far. So the first, when I released in 2019, when you, it's funny, because when you make something that is a beta, People are kind of more relaxed to errors and, and things. So they, they don't tell much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they don't say, like, oh, this
1: is not working or whatever. When you charge for it, yeah. man, it was like, like a rain of. Blah, blah, blah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then that first year was basically like fixing things. Gotcha. 2019 was just fixing, fixing, fixing. And also, one thing that I had to do, that was also a funny, funny thing during the beta zero companies got in touch with me okay no companies at all when i released officially by the end of the first week there was like a hundred emails with from companies that wanted to to know how they purchase they, licenses buy. and stuff yeah and and the problem was at the time I didn't have the licensing system for companies that I wanted. It was, it was very like for individuals Uh,
0: because
1: companies don't want like to install for every single machine. Every every person has a password.
0: They want on a server where they can distribute that. Yeah,
1: And they need, especially they need internet to, to get a license. They don't want that. They they need to be completely offline to their companies and a system that are more robust and, usually like floating licenses. Yeah, yeah. That was what I was going for. But I knew that I wanted to do this, but I didn't know how. And there was this guy from a a a CTO from a big studio there. He came to me and said, okay, so we have, we talked like for a couple hours one day on the phone. And uh, he was kind of more like, almost like, mentoring me towards something that it's good for a big studio in that sense. Gotcha. And they uh, mentioned uh, licensing systems that are professional. that was well out there like RLM, for example, which is the one that I ended up uh, implementing. And, but that was an extra thing that I had to pay. It's kind of, it's not very cheap, the system. Okay. So you have to have, like, it was a bet for me. Like, but at the same time, because I had all of that people from companies talking with me about it, it was a risk, but not, not very high because I knew that those people wanted. wanted it. Yeah. So I ended up buying that system, implementing it. It was the best thing that I did. Very cool. Uh, it was hard, actually. It was not very easy for me to, to do it even though it was a ready, kind of ready system. The beginning was kind of a hard because I had to do all of this, those uh, things that I was doing, like fixing bugs, uh, replying emails. I didn't have email, email help desk uh, software or anything. Like it was falling, like my mom would send me an email and then a guy from mining would send another, and then a guy from that big studio was saying another thing. It was all mixed up. <laughs>
0: You're like mom. I'll get you your license. Just hang on a sec. I got ILM who's ordering. You know. <laughs> oh, sorry, mom. You weren't getting a license. Yeah. You were just saying yeah. hi. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It was wasn't bearable.
1: Like there was the first year, I couldn't reply to everybody. Like mm-hmm. I I left people hanging because, after like five months, really replied that guy that mentioned the that uh, he couldn't download because the link is not working he, like five months later gotcha so there was a lot of those emails there that i didn't have a chance to, to yeah, reply. yeah but then eventually like uh, i got all of those companies um that that wanted set up and everything like every everything started to come together and then i started to automate other things i got uh, this uh, help desk software to help me respond in emails. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, by the end of the year, the first year, I got to a point where, okay, now I can sit and plan what I'm going to do next year. Because I, uh, I didn't write anything new the first year. It was just fixing bugs and attending customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then 2020 was when I got more organized and uh, things started to flow better. And then I started to, uh, that was when I, I sat down, okay, I have that list of bugs and issues. Let me go through all of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the main ones, at least. And then I, I went, boom, 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 boom. That was when I released I think was 1.4. The, that version was the very actual like uh, version that I was able to take care of. All of those small issues was not the big issues I took care of in the first year, but the, all those small ones, I took care of that, that version. And then it kind of set me into a place where, okay, and now I can develop new things. And then that's what kind of I'm, Dividing my time now, developing new things, and uh, and also uh, uh, keep you know uh, automating what I can, and uh, uh, having people to help me, like writing tutorials, gotcha, um, videos, and uh, you know, yeah. I was just curious to
0: to see how much you've got where where you still want to implement because I look at um, Animbot right now. And you brought up tutorials, which is fantastic because I go, and I don't mean this in a negative way. There's almost too many tools in Anabot. And I mean that in a good way because you go, there's so much at your disposal. There's so many great stuff. So I was just kind of curious based upon what's already in there, what you have in mind to go, okay, I could still add this though. I still want to add that. Um, It's already just an amazing, complete tool set. um, So yeah, just kind of curious to see what you had in mind. You're going, no, there's still some stuff I'd definitely like to implement or...
1: There's one, there's one really, really big one actually that's going to come out probably like next month. I've been working that for uh, uh, a few months already. That was, that's, I think it's the last tool that I wanted to make since the beginning. Gotcha. But I still have others, like I have... I still want tools to help with physics a little bit. Mm. Uh, what's it called? Like a ballistic ruler.
0: What is that? I, have you heard about that? Uh-huh. Like
1: ballistic ballistic ruler is something that I never use it, but I've seen I've seen some stuff about it, and that's something that I really wanted to do. It's something like this, like it's a it's almost like a motion trail, but you set uh point a and point b and the amount of frames that you want and that traces a trajectory wow that's physically correct from one point to another very cool uh so for example if you are uh like not a bouncing ball but if you are doing something like a character jumping from one building to another uh-huh. They used something like that in, on a Spider-Man movie. Okay, I don't know exactly how how that worked, but I saw in a video out there.
0: I'm also thinking like Angry Birds when they're shooting them out of the catapult or something, or the the uh, slingshot something or is, something like that. Way, that you know? Yeah. Okay,
1: because it helps it helps a lot. Like it's it's crazy how you, especially for VFX, mm. because you need that realistic thing. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. And and that's something that most animators doesn't doesn't really get much deep into it because it's it's hard to think about like you don't do the math on the computer to do yeah, it. yeah for example like for animating um let's say a character jumps from a waterfall at the top of the waterfall if you think like a bouncing ball this guy's going to be accelerating until he hits the floor okay? uh uh-huh. That's that's not what happens in physics. At certain point, there, uh, it's gonna reach like they call the terminal velocity, uh-huh. where the air friction equals the acceleration of the gravity. So it falls in a linear fashion.
0: Huh. Okay. Okay. I got gotcha. you. That's
1: and that's kind of almost like impossible to think about in the animation when you are animating because it depends on. A few things like depends on the size of the objects, the weight of the object. So that's that's something that I wanted to to make like something simpler that uh-huh. helps, not, preci- not 100% precise, not a hundred percent precise. Yeah, yeah. Just have, it's a ruler. Yeah, yeah. So at least you know what's what's the physically correct.
0: Yeah, start or from a starting or point. Almost right? correct. Yeah, that's great, man. And,
1: and that one that I'm that I'm doing that I'm that I'm talking about, that's actually. Um, I'm calling it temp, temp, temp controls, and that's the last thing that I wanted to do for spacing switching. Okay, we we're talking about.
0: Um, have you had? You know, obviously you're very booked up here, but have you had any um, ideas to take uh, AnimBot in or uh, yeah AnimBot into 3D Studio Max or even Blender and things of that nature that other people are animating in?
1: Yeah, that, that's actually one of the things that I. That I had from the beginning, like I wanted to have a tool that um, the same the same kind of problem that I had that method before where I jumped from one studio to another and I didn't know how to animate anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make something like across softwares as well. Gotcha. Although I think Maya is uh, is kind of
0: uh, it's industry standard. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There's still like I have a lot of friends that still work in 3D Max in some studios. Yeah, and they had they had this problem where like they they had to adapt to the software. Yeah. Um, so I want to do it, but I want to make at least like anybody to a point where it's kind of okay. This is everything, at least like the the major things that I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. And now I can branch it out because when I do this it's gonna i, I probably not going to be able to do anything new for for it for a while
0: gotcha yeah yeah
1: so i'm kind of waiting for the right moment
0: to gotcha start. no that makes sense yeah just kind of curious yeah my is obviously the industry standard that's what we use here at uh Anim- animate um but i was just kind of curious I, obviously other studios use you know i know blur i think they use 3d studio max and you mentioned vfx sometimes they use 3d studio max and then even blenders kind of trying to make some headways into this. So I was just kind of curious. Um, does that make sense? Um, Alan, I've really, really appreciated our time. You've been a great help to I-, I animate. I know you offer us a discount for all of our students and instructors. Um, my brother and I have a small studio. We use it in house. Um, we love the tools. And so just, uh, it was a really an opportunity to pick your brain hear about, you know your your career as well as the uh, man behind the uh, the A tools and Animbot. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a pleasure because many people like doesn't. I like to tell the story because yeah. it's uh, it's kind of a I've have worked so much time like just in my computer by myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's kind of a relief like to tell about it
0: because yeah.
1: it's yeah it's it's kind of a hard thing to do worked so much time. I mean, not now everybody knows how it yeah like with, the, with the lockdown. So I was like that way before.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and one of the other things too, um just again for our audience, you know, I, I've really appreciated you have the price tiers. You know, you you've mentioned, you know, ILM and I'm sure there's plenty of other big studios who are using it on that scale. Um but you've also made the price tier very affordable for students and uh, independent artists and such where they're saving a ton of time using these tools and it's uh, reasonably, reasonably priced. Um, so I really appreciate you, you doing that. So if you're listening to this, you haven't used AnimBot, definitely, definitely check it out. It's a fantastic tool. Um, like i said almost almost too many good things in there so uh it's, you're gonna find a, a handful of tools no question that you're gonna just absolutely love i think as more as you continue, continue to continue to you know dive into it you're gonna find some new cool and tools so um so alan thank you again i appreciate your time and uh all the best man yeah a pleasure. all right so
1: much for me.
0: absolutely with that we're out